0: Welcome to the in-between. Nice. 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 Well, if if uh, if that voice sounds a little bit, um, I don't know, you don't really know that voice in your ears. Yeah. It's because- It was not Redfern. W- Redfern. It was not Redfern. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually our very own Sean Dotson, who is joining us in studio today.
1: Hey, Sean. How are you? Yeah. Hey. No. No, wrong no. button, oh. Colson. No, wrong button. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: i didn't like that last
1: one (laughs) i didn't
2: like the one before the laughing oh my
1: goodness no that was a mistake (laughs) that was a mistake but sean as a regular listener i'm sure you've heard us make mistakes plenty of times before right yes (laughs) do you always (laughs) what do you what do you do when we make a mistake on the podcast do you laugh do you cover your eyes and before it. Yeah, I figured that was yeah. the case. That's what that's <laughs> hopefully what we're going for with the mood of this level of production.
0: Yeah, 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 we we don't take ourselves too seriously. So we've got Sean in the studio. We also have John Sturrock in the studio. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, glad good to have you. Here. Yes.
1: Now we're we're here with these special guests for a very special reason. And why yeah, is that, right. Paul? Because somebody who is a regular listener, you can raise your hand. who's a regular listener had a big birthday just this last there you go that's the right sound effect big birthday sean how old are you yeah eight
2: that's a big one
1: man it's a big one infinity turned upright (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so as a regular listener you and your brother when do when do y'all listen to the podcast most normally i know this answer but do you remember
2: Pretty much almost every single time one comes out.
1: Every oh, time wow. one comes out. Yeah. Yeah. And your mama puts it on her phone and don't tell. Where where do y'all normally listen to it? Car. Yep. In yeah. the car. And you're cool. driving. And so we've, we've referenced you before for our regular podcast listeners. We've said hi to you multiple times. And so it's super fun to have you now in the, in the uh, actual experience with us. So what's it feel like having those headphones on talking into the mic? <laughs>
0: Cool.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, Sean, here's the thing. A lot of our listeners, they've heard your voice and they've heard us talk to you through the podcast, um, but they might not know you super well. And so I wanted to ask just a few questions to kind of get to know you. Also, I feel like I'd rarely get to sit down with you ever hardly ever and and just talk with you and ask you questions a lot of times we're just talking on a sunday and you're giving me a high five and a hug and which i really love Mm -hmm. um but it's great to sit down and get to know you a little bit better so okay i have some questions what is your middle name do you have a middle name
2: i don't want to say it i'm not gonna say it
1: okay we're gonna start with
3: john what's your middle name
0: yeah john what's your
1: middle name
3: my middle name is scott Scott? did you know that no oh. did you know what my real name is my real first name no my real first name is jonathan <gasps> so i'm Ooh. a jonathan but i've been going by john since i was five years old so oh. if you ever call me jonathan that means i'm in trouble
0: oh no <laughs> oh no okay
3: Wilson, well, what's yours
0: my, my name is my my middle name is charles Ooh.
1: charles 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 so fancy and what about you paul so my middle name, you know, this, my middle name is Paul.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, wow. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. yeah. My first name is like John Starrock's daddy's first name. My first name is Robert. So when I get called I, Robert, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh man!
0: But what if did anybody ever grow
1: do, growing up? Did anybody ever call you Bob or Bobby? Nope, nope. And it was uh, my grandfather's Robert, my dad was Robert, and then I'm Robert. So it's the first names. And my dad went by his middle name, and I went by middle name. So gotcha. It was always just the first day of school when the teacher says, taking Robert. attendance, Robert. And I'm like, nah, I'm here. Actually, it's Paul. <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but I actually go by Paul. I actually yeah, go by Paul. That's good stuff. Um,
0: Okay. So you're eight years old what when you since you're eight years old what is your favorite thing right now what do you love
2: that's hard
0: yeah (laughs) it's hard do you love i i I thought i saw you with a pokemon
2: i do like pokemon you
0: do like pokemon is that your favorite thing
2: yeah well one of them okay sports is definitely another one
3: okay what's your favorite sport
2: Football. Oh.
0: Nice. I
3: thought he well, was gonna say hockey because he went to the mud game this weekend. So Oh man.
2: Okay. okay. <laughs> well, it's, really, it's, it's between football, soccer, and hockey. Okay. All nice. three of those. Do you
1: what please. about baseball? Oh.
2: Oh yes.
0: <laughs> oh. Do do you play any sports?
2: Definitely. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, sports. tell me tell me about the sports that you play.
2: Martial arts.
0: Ooh. Oh Martial Arts. What kind of martial arts do you do? Taekwondo. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) If you hear, if you hear a small voice in the background, that's, um, that's Sean's mom, Tiffany. And she is, (laughs) she is helping. And she brought him here, which we are really grateful for. Um, Okay. Here's, here's something else that I really want to know. And I think our listeners want to know, when you come on Sunday morning, what is your go-to donut that you like to get? Chocolate.
1: That's (laughs) a good choice. Oh, nice. Pastor approved. (laughs) 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 If Chris were here, he would tell you, good job. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. And then when when you're at church, I know that you love singing because I see you singing. Do you have a favorite song that you like to sing? Oh, he's looking to mom. I feel like mom (laughs) probably knows this too. Do you listen to a lot of songs?
2: Yeah, but I just can't think of the name of the song.
1: Yes. and, you, and y'all listen to uh, John Redfern's what do you call it playlist that he puts out on Spotify? Mm-hmm.
2: Firm Foundation.
1: Nice. nice. Oh, that's a great song.
0: That's a good song. And and we've talked about you maybe joining us one day singing on stage. So Ooh. so that might be what comes next.
1: Maybe maybe ninth birthday. Ninth birthday. <laughs> tambourine. That's what I want. Tambourine man. We'll give you a tambourine. And you get up there. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good question. It's like a little thing you hold that claps symbols, miniature symbols together.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, that it's sounds of, fun. May,
1: maybe a, maybe a kazoo instead, <laughs> or maybe both. <laughs> or both. No, that's good.
0: Yeah. That's okay. Well, those. That's a lot of my my initial questions of like, okay, here's a snapshot of Sean. You have a, you have a little brother. What's his name? Kason. What is he doing this morning?
2: He's with my grandma. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not saying her name. I am not saying her name by what I call her.
1: You want to say hi to him so that he hears this later?
2: Hi, K-Z. Oh,
1: nice. <laughs> he'll, he'll get a kick out of that.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, Paul, can I throw it over to you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was fun, you know, considering, and I'd love to get uh, y'all's guys input or thoughts on, uh, you know, of course, Chris, really has done a good job keeping us updated about this capital campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved the comparison of, uh, you know, looking at the past capital campaign to this capital campaign, mm-hmm. thinking about, again, just the numbers of like when you're when you're just looking at one data point in the here and the now and the current, mm-hmm. you know, you can just think, oh, well, this is how you need to interpret the situation now. But then looking back, you know, at, at last year and then seeing those data points and being like, oh, that's a whole different. Kind of interpretation of this and just kind of that mm. reminder um, that plays into anything of like when we define our, you know, kind of status on our circumstances, mm. um, how quickly we can kind of warp that or twist that versus when we look back and especially we would say like, you know, when we look at God's word, because we have his revealed word and we can compare ourselves against history or when we look back at the nation of Israel or God's people or the church and then be able to say, nope, these circumstances, Now I can interpret in a correct lens back then. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just curious, like, what is it about us as humans
3: that makes us so forgetful of our past? Mm.
0: That's a good question. Yeah. Do you want to answer that, John?
3: Well, I I know for me, my natural tendency is to look forward to the future and to anticipate what's coming. And so oftentimes my, Mm. my perspective is future focused versus past focused. And so I have to intentionally take time. To be still, to to seek after the Lord, and oftentimes to remember and have those Ebenezer's that I've placed up in my life to look back to mm-hmm. to see the faithfulness of God, and so it's the intentionality of actually sitting down, being still, and and thinking about remembering God's mm-hmm. faithfulness in my life, and so which is not something I'm good at, I, yeah. I admit, and so for me it's a it's a natural tendency to look forward; it's not natural to look backwards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I kind of fall into similar, a similar boat, um, I also, th- I think I get tempted by distractions, you know, and to be, mm-hmm. to play into distractions, whether that's, I, I don't want to think about the past or I, or it's easier, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's a muscle that it's like, I, and maybe some people come by it intuitively to look back and to think, you know, on things and to learn from the past and stuff like that. On the whole, I feel like probably not a lot of people into it that um, because of repeated mistakes in people's mm-hmm. lives and stuff like that. So at, at least for me, yeah. that's like, man, I could really afford to to learn from the nation of Israel
3: mm-hmm.
0: and learn from, you know, my own past of like, OK, it, it it is beneficial to look back, to learn and then to celebrate and to thank God, even for little things. Um, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's where it's, it's not in the moment that I see God's faithfulness. A lot of times it's when I look back and see those, those marks or those mm-hmm. Ebenezer's of like, Oh, this is what the Lord has done to show me his, or to, to show his faithfulness and to sustain me.
3: Mm-hmm. Now,
0: yeah.
1: And I think there's, you know, I think similarly, when I think about it, you know, we talked to our students at D over the D now weekend with that mm-hmm. example of the, what do we, what Really, it's a question of what do we value? You know, Mm -hmm. we had that uh, American um, antique roadshow, you know, kind of example Mm -hmm. of like guy who had that, you know, super valuable blanket and he just threw it over his mother's chair. And it's like, he had no idea what it was worth. And it's like, when I forget like the worth of God's word, you know, kind of in my own life or becomes commonplace. And then I just don't value it for what it is. It's like, I don't turn to it Mm -hmm. um, as quickly, Um, but it is, it is, it's that, um, like you said, like there's, there's a lot that, You know, of course, it's 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 not as Chris would say, it's it's maybe our first radio, but it's not his. Mm -hmm. And then he's recorded a lot of this in scripture for us to learn from. Um, And we're going to be moving to another person, you know, as we already made this transition over into um, now continuing Samuel. And we're going to be moving into the person of Saul. um, And uh, like Chris shared of your thoughts of like of Saul being this mirror, you know, kind of picture that's Mm -hmm. here. Like we're going to see Saul get some things right, but a lot of things wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it always is the temptation when we read scripture to read ourselves into the good guys Mm -hmm. Um, and just Mm -hmm. read ourselves into like, okay, who's, you know, Oh, we're just going to get through this, this, this next section is just the introduction of the bad guy so that we can get to the good guy, David. And then I can relate, you know, and then Mm -hmm. I'll say like, that's who I am or that's Mm -hmm. who I want to be. But it's like, no, we're, we need to read ourselves both in the good and in the bad of scripture, because these are, um, after all, they're real, people Mm -hmm. um again another one of chris's uh you know huge kind of points of 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 why he thinks the bible is trustworthy and reliable and accurate is because it includes the good and the bad
0: Mm -hmm. um
1: if i was making up a religion and if i was writing this to convince a whole bunch of other people. Well, I just write a whole bunch of really good sounding stuff. (laughs) And then something in there in the writing of really good sounding stuff, I would make sure I seemed really, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not what you get. If, if anybody reads scripture and walks away and thinks, yep, I'm nailing this and I'm getting it really, really right. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't, I'm pretty sure we didn't read the same book. Mm -hmm. I think you need to go back and check what edition you have, um, because we weren't reading the same Bible. Mm. And so I think, I think that there is, Yeah, there is something interesting that we're moving into this next section, considering Saul, that we're going to have to wrestle through with Saul, not just to condemn him and put him off into history, but to relate to him and see ourselves in him. Mm -hmm. And and again, I think we got a great precursor with this because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like Chris shared this past Sunday of, of Samuel, you know, his... Where, where we finally, you know, like we saw Eli and we kind of boo his Eli, you know, and then, (laughs) and his sons and then his sons like, oh, that's terrible. And then Samuel comes in and you're like, hooray, save Uh the day. Now his sons are walking Mm -hmm. in a different path, um, for their own selfishness and gain and Mm -hmm. perverting justice. And it's like one generation. That's all it takes. And that, that is something that's yeah. As a father. So now I'm probably kicking it. Sorry, John. Back over to sorry, Sean. Since y'all aren't fathers, back over to Colson. Um, that consideration, that consideration mm-hmm. of the importance of passing on to the next generation the the ways and the truths of the Lord, mm-hmm. um, and that's a different mantle to carry. Mm-hmm. And and what what do you feel like practically in your steps reminds you of the importance of that with your children?
0: I think I think when I notice what really what it's a lot of times is not a. Um it's not always the most like welcome reminder a lot of times um just because I feel like the whole idea of um things being caught by your kids and not um mm-hmm. taught to them a lot of times mm-hmm. because my kids see me um in all moments of life then Uh, They see who I really am and how I actually act. Um, And so a lot of times it's when I hear them say certain things, sometimes good, sometimes not good, um, or see some of the habits that they're developing and realizing like, just like Saul is a mirror to the kingdom of Israel. A lot of times my kids can be a mirror of me Mm. and my wife and how we treat each other, Mm. how we treat other people we know and we don't know. Um, And so I feel like those are our big things. Um, And y'all listening who have kids and who are, you know, further on down the road than me probably have even more instances of, okay, it, it should be sobering to me to be like, okay, how am I living my life? Hmm. Not only with how I'm teaching, but how am I equipping my kids? How am I equipping the next generation? In how I live and how I conduct myself, um, am I showing them that I love the Lord? Am I am I saying that, but am I also backing that up with I love the Lord, and now I'm bearing the fruit that shows that His Spirit is living in me. Right. So I think yeah. I don't I don't know if that's similar to how you think about it, Paul. But yeah. I mean, and you can extrapolate that out to ministry and in general. But I think mm-hmm. for somebody who sees you day in and day out. that's kind of where my mind goes initially.
1: Yeah. And I definitely, you can obviously extrapolate that out into a lot of things Mm because we're essentially just talking about discipleship. I mean, that's all parenting ultimately is, you know, and my, my constant refraining prayer with my kids is that in, in every way that I, um, by God's graces as a father reflect appropriately, God, the father, may they latch on and remember that and live to that. Mm -hmm. And in every way that I don't, Look like as their father, God the Father. May they forget that. Um, and 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 again, that's just I think simply discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I always find and again with both discipleship, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in personal life, or whether it's with your kids, you know, there is a weird um, what what we as humans want to put as a juxtaposition of this idea of responsibility um, for the stewarding of something, and yet not the ultimate power to affect the outcome mm-hmm. and so I have full responsibility for um, the way that my children would go and live mm-hmm. uh, and live out the gospel and live out as disciples of Christ and carry on the mckenzie name in an appropriate way that I would want to sit like that all that weight lies on my shoulder but the effectualness of that like the effectiveness of that actually still falls on the Lord like mm-hmm. that's with outside my control right um, it's his Holy Spirit who's doing the work and so it's like I have all the responsibility for the outcome without any control of <laughs> producing the outcome. Um, and I think that that's why, uh, you know, interestingly enough, again, as we had already covered in this in this passage um, and in all things, whether it is the, whatever circumstance is coming, whatever feeling I have, whatever it needs to lead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how are those experiences coming into me, both positive and negative, and then leading me to turn quickly into prayer? Um, because mm-hmm. I do think that was a really Cool moment for the church and the congregation here on Sunday from Chris, um, this example of Samuel being angered mm-hmm. um, and in his anger, you know, turning first to now let's let's pray. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm they want to appoint a king. This really upsets him. And so his first step is to pray. And then he with the Lord's voice into his life then addresses the people appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, we've talked. You know, we've come off of a series not a couple, you know, not too many weeks ago where we talked a lot about prayer um, and all the motivations for it. And yet here again is another one of the graciousness of our God of like, nope, even in even in your anger. Yeah. Come to me with that. Mm. Even in your bitterness, even in your upset, like whatever it is. okay, what's the right first step? Well, apparently it's it's talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's have a conversation. And again, there's something beautiful about Lord who welcomes that in. Um, you know, again, constantly. But John, as you think about that refrain now with ministry and discipleship, um, yeah. What are, what are key things that jump into your mind about this, this idea of passing off to the next generation? Maybe even if you want to float it through the scope of student ministry or just in general life, um, what, what are key reminders that
3: bring you to like, nope, this is, this is the Lord's doing Mm. when it comes to discipleship. Absolutely. So, um, in student ministry, there's this kind of philosophy that we go by that as student ministers, our primary focus is to come alongside parents as the primary spiritual influencers of their kids' life. So it's mm-hmm. not it's not my responsibility to be the primary spiritual voice, um, but as my responsibility is to come alongside parents who are the disciplers, who are the ones who have the time, and so. Um, getting to split our attention between obviously our students, our adult leaders, and of course our parents having to make sure that they are resourced or, or have access to the resources that are out there to best come alongside their kids and to disciple them day by day, where we might get just a few hours of the week with them. They have the, like Colson said um, the, the every moment during the day they're, they're looking to you and learning from you, catching what, what they're seeing from, from you and your wife and, And so I think that for me is like a big reality of, okay, like, like my responsibility, though I'm not a father, I get to come alongside fathers and mothers as they disciple their students Mm -hmm. and hopefully, you know, empowered by the spirit getting to teach them and train them in the ways that they should go. So when they're older, they don't depart from that. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I think as, as a student minister, one of my greatest joys is to know and love our kids when they come in the, the door and and to build relationships with them so that we can have the trust that then comes after the relationship so that then they care what we have to say to them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as, as I'm, as we're looking at, you know, discipleship and all that there's so many multiple multiple facets that come into the discipleship conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I love how our church is so Mm -hmm. relationally driven. Like we want to do life with people. We want to come alongside people as they, Experience the good, the bad, and Mm. the ugly of life, Mm -hmm. and in that we get to remind each other. We get to remind ourselves of the truth found in God's word, and and ultimately its authority in our life. And Mm so, um, being kind of like as Paul mentioned, you know the the value of Scripture. We all have to be reminded of that. We all have to to remember in the midst of distractions, in the midst of you know the the chaos that life brings, Mm -hmm. that we have an anchor for our souls that can be found in Scripture, that can be found in Christ, and. And I think that's the beauty of community. That's the beauty of Mm. the church is that Mm. we get to, to, to in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the storms, find the clarity that comes through scripture and comes through knowing, knowing God as a personal savior who, who loves us and cares for us. And so,
1: yeah, again, um, a good, another repetition of what (coughs) Chris was saying. Nehemiah came together and built a community and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden a wall was put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is, there's that danger of when you're given a good gift, especially a good gift from the Lord, how quickly you can, you know. Twist that or pervert that into Mm. such a way that then it it becomes something that is no longer in its original intent. Um, And I'm thinking specifically your line, John, that you're saying of like coming alongside the parents, um, because that that is, again, another one of the beauties that we have Mm -hmm. um, as the church, as the body of Christ, that, um, you know, we we get to look at the church and then get to consider spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers Mm -hmm. and um you know of course even having sean here we're grateful that you're here (laughs) um (laughs) as a picture of like yeah this this spans across generations and and there is something great about having a lot of voices um you know in in the community that all share the same refrain Mm -hmm. um as a parent of your voice also which is you know then ultimately there's one source above my voice and that's Mm -hmm. that's the lord's um and yet the temptation of taking something good and then just like farming it out, mm-hmm. um, because I know that can be, you know, again, such the struggle of like, oh, well, that's that's why I pay for my kid to go to private school. Or that's why I send them up to the youth group so that they teach, you know, my kid or they they input all these different things. And then it, when it becomes the something good, but then it shifts the responsibility away from the parent, then mm-hmm. it's like, no, that that seems to be a a misunderstanding of what good is Mm -hmm. um that is good and what's even better is the participation as a parent with Mm -hmm. that to come Mm -hmm. alongside and so again as you share coming alongside them um yeah it makes a lot of sense but there is that that kind of in a sense of warning a warning Mm -hmm. towards nope you can you can take something good Mm -hmm. and then when you take it out of
3: its you know right context it can, they can turn astray, yeah. especially when there's so many distractions in the world. And it's so much easier to hope that someone else does the important work mm. of, of mm-hmm. spiritual development. And like, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I feel like I see a lot of that sometimes in the student ministry world of parents having so many other aspects of life mm. happening yeah. that it's, it, it is almost more of a convenience than it is like, oh yeah, like I'll just, I'll let them have those conversations or, mm. or, oh my gosh, like they should be the ones addressing these things. They're the, they're the spiritual authority on this matter. And it's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like parent, like I, I, I love you. And because I love you, I want you to know that this is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to come alongside you and having these mm-hmm. conversations and, and just yeah. in, in reminding them of, of their role as parent, reminding them mm-hmm. their role of father and mother mm-hmm. is that, you know, being able to come alongside their children in that way. Um, mm-hmm. they, they have a team of people that, that wants to come alongside them as they do that, mm. yep. and so, and that
1: sounds a whole lot like a warning, mm. um, which is what we're going to consider uh, this this next Sunday, um, as Chris is going to continue our passage in First Samuel. Um, you have a Colson; you want to read it, and you want to pull up 1 Samuel eight, and we're going to start. Kind of, I, he may start; he may need to. He's not here, so he'll, he'll be listening. He'll <laughs> probably be walking through his neighborhood or doing a brief jog and thinking like, no, this is what I'm doing, Paul. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that would only be helpful. And I'm sure he may go back and have to and have to pick up a little bit more into the um, first part of eight that transition. But what we will be moving for, even if it picks up there um, or continues, we will be moving towards Samuels now um, warning against he's he- he's heard the people's request mm. And he's gone to the Lord and the Lord is telling him what to do with the people and granting and seeking, you know, obeying their voice. Um, but then he doesn't just jump into that, but the Lord impresses on him to give a warning of what it looks like to have a king. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you want to pick up in, in verse 10 and maybe just read through 18?
0: Absolutely. So it's Samuel's warning against kings, starting in verse 10. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people Who were asking for a king from him? He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the, the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day, you will cry out because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves. But the Lord will not answer you in that day.
1: Yeah, quite a stark, stark warning. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's the one, the graciousness of our God to deliver us into our own folly so that we return to him. Um, but then also the understanding of like, no, there, there is even in our folly, there's then consequences that play out um mm-hmm. and and i feel like i'm struck with just kind of that notion of and and i'm curious y'all's thoughts on um the community effect of sin mm-hmm. that we've talked about community mm-hmm. um and that sin has a communal effect it isn't just that my sin is mine and only then affects me mm-hmm. but no when when i sin um, it doesn't just end with me. It affects those that are around mm-hmm. in community, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What are y'all thoughts are like, how do y'all, how do y'all wrestle with that concept of individual sin versus communal sin?
0: I think that's one way that, that Satan lies at least in a lot of people's lives. And in my life that I've seen is like, makes it seem like your sin is your own, mm-hmm. especially secret sin. Yeah, And it's like, it's easy to forget that your sin does affect other people mm-hmm. and not even just people in your immediate family. Although I feel like they're the ones that are ultimately the first to be affected, mm-hmm. how it affects a lot of people. And yeah, just seeing that um, in my extended family, how one person's decision can really make things unravel relationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can cause people to uh, even spiral into things like depression And, Mm -hmm. uh, anxiety, those little, yeah, those little decisions and seeing other people make those mistakes. And I think it's good for me to then realize, like, I'm not exempt from that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. What do you think, John?
3: Yeah, no, I, I would agree with you for sure. I think as, as we live in a, as a church community, I think it's, it's easy for us. Like you said, Colson, to think that our secret sins only affect us. Um, and Satan does a great job of, of, um, keeping us from confessing our sins to one another and seeking repentance um, and ultimately turning back to the Lord and, and living in right relationship with him and our community. Um, but definitely like when, when sin affects an individual, it affects those around that individual. Um, and I, yeah, I, I would just agree that that those things have great effect and do ultimately um, cause tension or even like a rift between the relationship that you have with the people around you and also mm-hmm. with, with the Lord. And so yeah. uh, we need to be hyper aware of, of the sin in our own life and then mm-hmm. be willing to seek out accountability and encouragement from the community so that yeah. we can then seek uh, repentance. i mm-hmm. um, turning back to the Lord and turning back to right relationship, not only with him, but with the people around us. Totally.
0: So. Is that, is that where your brain goes as well? well?
1: Yeah. I think very similarly of this, this notion of, again, the, the weight of both the sin and, and then the matched response with grace, you know, like it is, it is, it is both like, yes, if sin has like my, my greater appreciation for my sin, not being individual, being my sin affecting the community and then the community's sin affecting me, um, only then puts a right or a elevated, um, yeah, I guess just weight of what that sin is. Mm-hmm. And then I rightly better see that, oh, wait. God even forgave that. Mm. Like it's not just God forgave me and my closet sin or my secret sin or all these different things, but no, he He forgave me in that and then has the provision that accounts not just for me, but accounts for the way that I messed it up and it affected the community. They messed it up. It affected each other. And yet his His sin is greater. I was having a conversation with um, another church member uh, just this past week about um, and, and specifically they were going back through the, our sermon series on judges. Um, and they were, you know, talking about or making comment on that whole idea of, um, that cycle of sin that mm-hmm. comes that we see repeated in judges, um, where they're, where they sin and then they're left to their sin of their consequences. And then it comes back to, they, they have a punishment, um, or retribution that they have to face. And then, then comes repentance and mm-hmm. then comes restoration as they, um, as you know, the circle kind of comes back together. And in this notion of, again, reading scripture correctly, um, you know, his our his comment was how easily it is when you're reading, especially Israel's sin over and over again, um, that you, you know, start with like, oh, well, that's them failing. And I'm starting on the side of God as the judge, you know, kind of mediating. And so it's like, oh, no, let's start with God's perspective of His grace, and then we'll see how they don't live up to their, you know, His standard of grace, and then mm-hmm. revert, you know, reverting backwards, and and essentially, like when in our conversation, He was challenging Himself um, that as He was reading through there, He didn't want to start up with God on the judgment and looking mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Instead, He wanted to see Himself with the sins of Israel because He's like, that's where I am, mm-hmm. and it's like, and we we greater appreciate, I think, God's grace when we first greater appreciate our sin. Because it's not like all of um all of our sins are stacked together um and then you know tallied up and here's the cost. And then good news, Jesus just had to the cent the amount (laughs) in his bank account to pay that down back Uh to zero. Mm -hmm. Like no, it's like his grace goes well and above and beyond any of that account. Mm -hmm. Um that's a endless account of grace. And so only understanding our sin at its worse depravity, then leads us to an understanding of God's grace that goes, I think, far beyond. Mm-hmm. And so, again, it's a um, fascinating concept. It's be fascinating to get to consider this Sunday and hear from Chris um, about uh, these people who are warned um, and God gives them what they want and then warns them about what will happen. And then we'll start on that journey of how God will continue to redeem that story and redeem his people through this next appointment of a king.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Well, John, thanks for being here. Sean, thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Can you end off our um, our podcast with the famous words of John Redfern? Be encouraged.
2: Be encouraged.
0: <laughs> nice.